Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Baggies podcast. Today it's going to be more of a difficult podcast to make, a 2-0 loss at Fulham being the main subject that we're going to have to talk about here on today's podcast. Uh, a shambolic performance from West Bromwich Albion and leaves a lot of questions uh, to be answered really and one that's going to be heavily discussed in this episode. Yes, it's been a difficult watch, just come back, just come upstairs from watching it and it's been a difficult watch for West Brom fans. Uh, Twitter have expressed their opinions very forcefully and we're going to be going through that all today. We're going to be dissecting the game, what exactly went wrong, where does the fault lie and how on earth can we pick ourselves up from this crushing loss against Fulham today. But if you are new to the podcast, make sure you're liking, subscribing and if you're enjoying it, make sure you're liking, subscribing as well. Uh, So hopefully... We'll be able to dissect this loss and work out exactly what went wrong out there at Craven Cottage today. The Baggies podcast on YouTube, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Join me every week for a new episode of the Baggies podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. So as I mentioned in the introduction, it is going to be a difficult listen for Baggies fans today. There's not very many positives at all. All we can really do is focus on what's gone wrong tonight and, um, you know, we, 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 we just have to look at what's gone wrong and what, um, what's been going on. So let's start with the game uh, against Fulham, obviously. Well, I don't know where else we can start, but we'll start with what happened, you know, early on in the game. So we started the game off quite brightly, I have to say. Uh, after about, you know, five or ten minutes, we were looking pre- pretty decent, to be fair. We started to... Fulham looked nervous, I'd say, first five or ten minutes. I'd say they looked nervous. I'd say they looked um, a bit out of sorts. Um, well, I'd say out of sorts, but like, you know, you think of Fulham as wanting to get straight on that ball, wanted to get straight on it. They're not really the type for defensive solidity or anything along those lines. But um, we started the brightest. We had a few little chances. Connor Townsend hitting the bar from a miscued cross uh Quite early on in the game, that was probably about um, five minutes in or so. Uh, three minutes in, to be precise, if I'm looking uh, correctly. And it was it pinged off the bar. Uh, Ariola was uh, incited by it. It went straight over his head. And he was uh, it pinged off the crossbar. So that was a really good start for the album. We looked really positive. Uh, everything looked... Um, you know, pretty decent after the first five and ten minutes. We looked to be starting to get on the ball. We looked to be starting to create some things. Dean Garner went on a mazy run early on, which looked pretty dangerous. Uh, and then we sort of allowed them to come into the game a bit. We allowed them to... We sort of dropped our intensity from that first five or ten minutes. And we started to let Fulham get on the ball. We started to let them come at us. We started to let them play. Which, you know, when you look back... When I'm looking back at the game now, I'm thinking... My gosh, we really started that game well, but the second we allowed them, like they we, they were rattled after that ball hit the bar from Townsend, and we allowed them to gain confidence. Essentially, when a team is you know looks shaky, looks a bit um, looks a bit uh, you know worried and you know a bit a bit cagey, I suppose is the word. You don't sit off them and allow them to come into the game. You, uh, you know, as a side in, you know, fights for survival, you have to go straight at the team. If you feel like you've got them on edge, then you have to go out and show them exactly, you know, what you're made of, and you have to go out and put them to the sword. You can't be, you have to be ruthless, is what I'm trying to say, and not let allow them to come onto you. I mean, 
Yeah, we started well, but after a while, we started to let them. Um, we started to let them come come at us. The only tactic we really had, you know, in this spell, you know, Fulham started to gain a bit of bit of pressure. Um, was to lump the ball forward to Carlin Grant, and Carlin Grant, I I say he's you know quite powerful. You know, he's not he's not a weak little lad, but he's he's not the biggest. He's not gonna um. He's not going to hold the ball up for you like somebody I don't know, like Victor and Achebe did when um, when he played back in the day for us. I, I don't understand what we were expecting by lumping. Oh, Rondon probably is a more recent example. He's not going to start holding the ball up like that for you. He probably do it to feet, but when you're lumping the ball back at him, I don't really know what what to do. Uh, the goal came after 26 minutes from Fulham, where. Um, it was a really strange ball, ball um, from Robin Anthony Robinson. Could have been a West Brom player. Anthony Robinson just played a ball across the area. Mitrovic peeled off at the back post. Townsend, I'm not really sure what he was doing at the back post. I mean, you are probably going to get dominated from by Mitrovic in the air, but he didn't even... I don't think he even tried. He, he, he sort of just turned around and, oh, Mitrovic is there. Surely if he's not in front of you, like you're looking over to the ball and um, you're looking over to the cross coming in, Surely if the big striker is not there in the middle of the box, where else do you think he's going to be, Connor? Is he going to be, you know, he's not going to be on the edge of the box. He's the most power, one of the most powerful men on the pitch. He's going to be straight behind, he's going to be behind you, peeling off onto the back post. That's what good strikers do. You know, they isolate. Connor, Connor Townsend's not a big lad. You know, he's not particularly strong. You know, he's he's pretty pretty fierce in the tackle, Connor Townsend. But he certainly isn't, you know, the, the core strongest, um, you know, player that we got. And um, it was, uh, you know, it was fantastic. Uh, a, a header down from Mitrovic, really. He managed to head that down pretty nicely to um, Dickodover Reed, who ended up, um, you know, ended up heading that into the um, into the goal. So it was, yeah, it wasn't necessarily an awful goal to concede. I'd say that you could have marked your man, at, the centre-backs could have marked the men a bit better. Semi Ajay, I think, was in the middle, and then Ivanovic was meant to be marking Dekord over Reed. But then it's the response for me after the goal comes in. And, yeah, we just sort of switched off. I'm not really sure what it was, but we just seemed to not think, oh, wow, you know, Fulham have just really, you know, come at us there, and they've managed to get their goal from little or no... no Possession play, no real build-up, a good cross into the box, a nice header down from Mitrovic, and uh, a, a, just a fairly simple header for Reed to, to head in. But then we sort of switched off, uh, and then a fantastic goal from uh, Ola Aina, uh, the right back, uh, who has recently been signed from uh, Torino, who where he's uh, where he's on loan at Fulham. Uh, exchanged a little. Um, you know, Mitrovic and Dickoldo Reed exchanged a pass, and then Mitrovic uh, just placed it to Aina, and then he, he hits a left-footed shot into the top left corner. It was a fantastic shot, but you have to say when the ball goes in like that, you have to say you can't. The goalkeeper's not going to save it. You know, you have to be real in that sort of sort of situation. You know, I know we like to sometimes you know on twitter people like to pin the games on johnston for poor goalkeeping but in that case you you really couldn't in either of those situations for me but um i mean it was a you know a fantastic strike it was going right in the top corner but who's there closing it down 
there's no like nobody rushing out to him nobody coming out and you know saying if you're going to have a shot you're going to make sure it goes through you know you know you're going to make you're going to make sure you're going to have to do some really good skill moves to make sure you can get past me it wasn't like that it was sort of like the ball's just sort of come out to him he's allowed to take a touch he's allowed to take two touches i think before he hits it so i don't really understand how somebody hasn't seen that touch and seen oh my god there's a massive gap there he's going to have a free shot and he's going to be able to score from that if we don't get in and close him down and lo and behold he scored it was I, I don't understand just a real lack of um intensity really and and in a lack of coming you know he was unable to none of the defenders really came out to block him and block the shot you know you have to you know you know you look at the root of the goal you know you're not going to be saving it are you so surely you've got to be blocking it on the way instead i mean you you've probably all got to know me over the course of doing this podcast for the past um uh, four or five months or so and you'd probably say that a lot of the times I try and look for the positives in a performance even if it is completely dire I'm always trying to look for a positive you know even if it's just a player who's who stood out for me uh, or you know somebody who's you know stood out or somebody who could come in and do a job or somebody who could you know play next game that could do a bit better but I've, I'm afraid I've got nothing really to say of that sort of elk we continued after the goal to sort of just loosely chase the game i say that because it was obvious the players hadn't completely given up but it was obviously they left in the locker there were plenty of questions over slaven village before the games uh started when the team news was announced i, I might as well run through the lineup uh johnston Connor Townsend, Shemi Ajayi, Brenslav Ivanovic, Donald Furlong, Livermore, Dean Garner, Connor Townsend, Connor Gallagher, Philip Kravinovic, Mateus Pereira and Grant up top. So it, there were criticisms of Bilic before the game for not sticking with the side that finished the Brighton game because I felt, uh, you know, you, you, you haven't actually heard my thoughts on the Brighton game so far, but the the thoughts on that game were that that we played really well in that second half and the side that finished the game was as good as as any really yeah it was a uh, 63 minutes i think that we bought on edwards and robinson and they changed the game i think uh they came on for livermore and they came off for dean garner uh and it meant kravinovic dropped back into that holding midfield role where he was able to dictate the play and i have to say do almost what sawyer's doesn't do and should do really pick the ball up with high intensity off the defender's feet and just whip it out wide whip it forward get it forward get the ball moving straight away rather than what Sawyer's tends to do which is pick the ball off the defender's feet and pass it back to them but he was turning with the ball and playing it straight out and he was really good at it in my opinion Kravinovic in that in at the end of that Brighton game but you know it was great to see Grant getting his first goal against Brighton but the man had the least touches of the of the, all the players to play 90 minutes today at Fulham. He, we just couldn't get him in. We'd never looked like dominating. We started the first and second half five ten minutes into those both of the halves. Started really like we started the halves well, but just sort of teetered off. The intensity just went. Um, for me, I think there's a problem behind the scenes. You know, the sale of Amik, uh, Ahmed Hagazi looks to be one that has been poorly dealt with by the board and the backroom staff. Um, Bilic clearly isn't happy. He, I think he wanted the player to stay, had prepared for the player to stay, and the board have gone behind him to free up funds and has uh, got rid of him. Yeah, maybe Albion fans feel that's the right decision, and I, I can't really uh, 
disagree with it much. I like Hegazi. I think he's a fantastic defender. Probably one of the best pound-for-pound defenders we have at the club. But, you know, he is coming into the last, uh, you know, few years of his you know prime like you know he's he's going to in a couple of years time he's he's not going to be able to play top flight football anymore so if you and he's the highest paid player at the club so you know I can understand the financial reasons but for one I cannot understand the reason why he's been sold behind Bilic's back that looks a bit sketchy to me doesn't look like something I'd be happy with if I was a manager and um and indeed um and indeed, West, uh, you know, West Brom were um, selling players behind the back. Um, I feel like um, it's it's a difficult position for Slavin Bilic to be in because he has kind of got what he's wanted in the end. I, I probably would have said he would wanted a bit more money, perhaps to solidify some of the positions. But in the end, he said he wanted all the players back that he had last season: Pereira, Diangana, uh, Kravinovic, uh, Robinson. He got four of them. He also said he wanted a striker. He got he got the striker in Carlin Grant. Perhaps we might have wanted another couple of additions to the defence, but otherwise he's pretty much got what he what he wished for in that sense. So, you know, people are saying how can he be unhappy? I'm not really sure in that way. But the owners clearly haven't treated him with very much respect. They've clearly seen things from a business viewpoint and not the footballing one that we need them to think of. I don't think they've given him enough money to work with Slaven, but. In the, at the end of the day, um, he has got a lot of the things he wanted. And at the end of the day, he's not really been delivering with the things that he wanted. I, I really don't want to say Slavin out at all, but I'm afraid I'm starting to teeter on that. Um, but I don't think the board will sack him just simply because he'll cost money to buy out of his contract. I mean, he, his contract runs out next summer and I can feel him, you know, staying here until that, that contract runs out. For me... Um, He's a he's a great player. He's a great manager. Sorry, uh, and and has worked really well with some of our players. But Pereira's not f- f- not firing at all. And Payet uh, didn't fire at West Ham for quite a while and had some attitude problems. And I feel like Pereira could be falling into that bracket. And when per- Payet didn't click at West Ham, neither did Bilic with the rest of the team. It caused a lot of problems. So I feel like we could be heading down that same sort of route. Um, it did, it's, it's completely up to the board, really. A lot of people saying that they were uh, on Twitter that they would like Eddie Howe in instead. A lot of people saying um, different managers like Big Sam or you know perhaps Nigel Pearson sort of person, or even uh, that that the, is it Steve Cooper who's the Swansea manager. I can't. I'm not sure if I've got that right. Yeah, he plays some nice football. Uh, Nigel Pearson knows the club very well. Eddie Howe also plays some nice football. But Ed, are any of them realistically better than what you've got and are going to achieve a better outcome than what you've got? Bilic is a fantastic manager and will do well if he's backed. But at the moment, he's not being backed. And I can't understand you know, why you'd want him to... You know why he'd want to stay. I mean, if you know that he's not being backed by the board and the board are doing things behind his back, the board aren't treating him with the respect that perhaps um, he deserves. So I can understand if he walks away, but I'm sure he'd rather a payout than walking away. Today he looked a deflated man on that sideline. Things just didn't look right. He looked um, upset. He, he looked dis- he looked um, out of character. He didn't look to give many instructions. Like the you know he didn't really you know wave his arms about in the air. Didn't really um, put much passion in. 
didn't really, you know, you, you know, Slavin Bilic, you know, he's always up off off his chair. I don't think he sat down very much, Bilic, but he certainly wasn't jumping around, certainly wasn't arms in the air, trying to motivate his players and trying to get them to work their hardest at all, at all, in any way, shape or form. He was sort of subdued, you know, he, he, he wasn't really... Uh, con- he didn't seem content at all, so I would be wouldn't be surprised if he walked. But I would, if I was Slavin, I'd stay for some money. You know why wouldn't you? You know you, you you've got these owners that you re- you know if they want to sack him and get rid of him, then they might as well. But you know whatever, everyone's been saying our season starts with Southampton. We've crossed that out because we lost. Our season starts with Burnley. No, because we drew. Our season starts with Brighton. No, another draw. Our season starts with Fulham. Um, no, another loss. Uh, a season starts with Tottenham. You know, I can't see us winning either Tottenham. Or, I can might be see us beating Man United, but <laughs> no, no, I can't see us beating Man United. Maybe it might start at Sheffield Palace, Newcastle. There's so many winnable games that are coming up and and that have just got passed us by, and we've ended up with two points out of four games, and we've lost the probably one that we should be probably all over. Like Fulham were all over us today. We we've let Fulham have far too much space. Let them play their way out of the game. Let them play the way they wanted to. Let them dictate possession. And for me, they just they you know they wanted it more than us today. And that pains me to say that because I thought you know if if um we don't you know even if we don't have the best squad in the league, probably one of the worst, we're gonna give a, a real good go rather than rather than um sitting back. And letting things go. As I said, it's so hard to pick positives. We really did let Fulham dominate the game. We had one shot on target. And that was like a header from Grant that he just about managed to get on the end of. About managed to get his head on it. It just looks absolutely awful from a West Brom standpoint. Um, a really poor um, performance. I mean, it says a lot about Fulham that they managed to take off probably their best player in the first half in Mario Lamina. They managed to take him off and bring on um, uh, Harrison Reed. So Mario Lamina was fantastic in that first half, and they actually had the room to take him off. Um, you know, it's a sad state of affairs. I don't understand what Bilic was doing with the lineup. I feel like Pereira is much better suited in that number ten role rather than the outright wide right role. I feel like he's better in that number ten, and that he works a lot, lot better. And then to not play Edwards after last week, after he really did come on and play play well against Brighton, really confused me because I felt Edwards provided a bit of trickery, provided a bit of skill. He may not always have that end product, but at least he's having a, a go, which is something that I don't see Dean Garner doing this season very much. He hasn't really delivered when he's been given the chance. But for me, Edwards came on and did a decent job, uh, made a good account of himself last week. Um, very tricky. Yeah, he, he came on, created a couple of chances as well. Um, yeah, I was a bit confused as to why he wasn't given an appearance today. He barely got a sniff, you know, didn't even get a sniff out there today. When actually he was probably one of the better players on the pitch, even though he only came on towards the end of the game. I feel like it's such a horrible time to be a West Brom, West Brom fan. You know, you're watching such a terrible game. You know, why wouldn't you be fuming um, if you were West Brom? Uh, a West Brom fan or, or West Brom or if you were Slavin Bilic you know but Slavin looks deflated he looks like he's got nothing left inside he's got no plan B no idea um, 
yeah, but on to Tottenham next week. We we welcome Kane, Bale, and Son to the to. Uh, I think are we playing? I think it's the Hawthorns that we're playing at next week. And uh, I can tell you now, I, I'm certainly not looking forward to this one. Hopefully, it'll be all all right. But we'll see what happens over the next week. Anyway, thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you are new to the podcast, make sure you're liking and subscribing to the YouTube channel, subscribing to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, hopefully, due to lockdown, there'll be some more content coming your way on the YouTube channel. Uh, a few things that I've got lined up for you on there. But if you do enjoy it, make sure you drop a, a thumbs up on YouTube, a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, to follow on off Spotify, or a subscribe on YouTube would be fantastic. And follow us on Twitter at the Baggies Pod. Let me know if you fancy coming on the podcast at any point. Obviously, it's going to be a very difficult period for us all over the lockdown over the next month here in England. So uh, I do wish everybody the best and obviously I hope you all stay very safe. Uh, So I'll see you all next week for next Monday's podcast and I'll see you next time. Goodbye, Baggies fans.